Hi. Hi. You're listening to the Speaking English podcast. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And this is episode 12. And also the second meeting of the Speaking English book club. Yay. My favorite episodes. <laughs> we read Eileen by Otessa Moshfei. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to talk about it. But before we get into that, how has your week been so far? My week has been super nice. Um, yeah, I got to visit my friend slash your sister, Sarah, <laughs> in Boulder this week. So that was really fun. I love Boulder. Shout out to Sarah. I also love Boulder <laughs> and Sarah. Sounds like a great time. Yeah, My week good. hasn't been that great. This this summer class is really getting me down. Oh. <laughs> online lab is just a mess. But yeah, summer classes are such a bummer. I'm taking a film class next month, and I'm hoping that'll be more fun. And I'll, I'll be able to make that fun, even if the class itself isn't very fun. Good. But I did get a new plant this week, and I'm very, very excited about it. What kind? Um, it's a Petra Croton, it's called. Interesting. It's a tropical plant, though. So I've been trying to f- think of good ways to humidify my room and stuff. That's so awesome. That has been really fun. And uh, I'm excited for bringing it up and making my new apartment in Boulder next semester be as tropical as I can. <laughs> so my... Uh, uh, my um my little list for this week is uh movies about plant or not about plants but uh with plants in them and these are just the first ones that came to mind uh hot hot fuzz which there's just a plant in it he brings a plant with him but that movie is just really good <laughs> he goes um it's like a big big city London cop gets transferred to this small town in the country and he's all bummed about it because he doesn't have anything to do. But then there turns out to be stuff to do and there's a big old conspiracy and things. But very good movie and uh that's one of the ones that you that's it's nice to like watch multiple times because you catch so much stuff. There's so many like references to what came before and after, and it's just very well done. I love that. And then the second one is Wally, because there's the plant is very important in that. Um, True. I never would have thought of that one for this category, but I like that. Yeah. 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 I don't know. If you don't know Wally, I don't really know what to say. I mean, I do. I would know what to say, but I feel like everyone listening is probably seen or know about Wally. But if you haven't, check it out. One of Pixar's finest. And then the last one, I couldn't really think of anything like centering around a plant or like with a big plant off the top of my head, but being there um from I think like 1979 is about someone who's a gardener. So that kind of came to mind. But being there is also really fun. It's about um, this guy who is a gardener for this big, rich, this rich man in his like fancy old house and then never leaves 
the only like knowledge of the world he gets is from just what's on TV. And then when the guy dies, he has to enter the real world and uh, lots of crazy stuff happens. And that one's one of my favorite favorites. Um, yeah. So that's my little list about plants. Great theme. And uh, for anyone listening, go buy out and buy a plant if you so feel like it, because it's fun and rewarding. Highly recommend that as well. I have three beautiful plants and I love and adore them all. <laughs> they really brighten my life. They're honestly kind of like pets. They are. Just with, it's less, uh, you can't watch them just do, just do whatever for, for quite as long. But other than that, pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. So I uh, want to get into some bingo questions. Yeah, bingo. All righty. So this first one is favorite slash best year for music. Whoa, I have which is kind of a tough one. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Maybe like decades would be easier to wrap your head around. (laughs) Um, I love. I love 70s music in general. Mm-hmm. Just the kind of, yeah, that that whole kind of vibe. I would say that's probably my favorite decade. But I also really love like early 2010s alternative rock. And that's the, fair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how I would choose. They're not like comparable decades, but they're both very near and dear in my heart. So I might have to give them a tie. Gotcha. Um, I think I'm going to say the 90s just because at least like hip hop in the 90s, never, nothing better. Um, That is true. And also like a lot of the whole underground grunge and less mainstream (laughs) punk stuff is very good. All of Weezer's best albums are from the 90s. Um, And also, I mean, I'm going to split it too, just because like it was around the mid 2010s when I started listening to a whole lot of music. So all my favorite bands are like from like our current now. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to say the 2010s as well, just yeah. like the middle yeah. of the thing. Cause like all the bands I, I kind of listen to most these days are kind of just from like got big in the 2010s, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Or haven't even gotten big yet, you know? Yeah. There's always, there's always some, it's always fun having those few bands that like, you, not like you're possessive of, but like kind of a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Those are my bands. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you hear someone like, listening to them and you're like wait a second (laughs) i gotta talk to this person we gotta connect over this because they gotta know (laughs) um okay so the next one is best book to movie adaptations did we already do that i know we've like kind of at least talked about it a little bit but yeah we definitely have um but do you have like a top one or two I was just talking about this last night and 
both two of my very favorite um, movie adaptations are The Shining and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, both of which, both of those movies are hated by the authors of the books and huh. both starring Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> That's <laughs> interesting. I don't understand why Ken Kesey and Stephen King hated the movies when I think both of those movies are like phenomenal. I, I like, I just yeah. don't. So those are my two choices. Hmm. Yeah. So The Shining, I've ne- neither read nor watched, but The Cookie's Nest, I've both read and watched. Nice. <laughs> um, I think mine, I, I feel like we definitely talked about this because I remember saying this, but uh, probably The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like they're both, they're both hold up on their own, I guess. Like the movies adapted the book super well, but like you can watch the movies without having read the books and still be very happy with it. I feel like actually, um, like there's a lot of thing, a lot of movies in which if you saw it without having read the book, you would like it. But then when you read the book and compare it to the movie, it like loses a lot of it. It doesn't hold up. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Those are my, pretty solidified answers like i don't think other adaptations will top those for me nothing even comes close (laughs) oh i will say that even though it's very um kind of polarizing divisive i really like the watchman movie i do Um, too it's like not it's like clearly not as good as the book but uh i think it's really good by itself and uh, i haven't watched they have like three different versions and like there's like a mega cut that's like four hours long and i haven't seen that i think just i've seen just the theatrical release but i thought it was great i really liked it too great movie yeah um this next one's kind of a lot um most interesting or original books and movies Mm. that could really go anywhere um, yeah <laughs> i have to say first of all eight and a half because i think that was that might have been like the first movie i saw and when i saw it for the first time was kind of when i started first getting into watching more stuff and it was like the first thing i saw that was like wow i've never seen anything even remotely like this like this is <laughs> crazy that's how i felt when i watched la dolce vita for the first time too yeah. I was just like, I've, I've never been like taken on such a journey in a movie before. I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also just have to say anything by David Lynch, pretty much. Maybe not anything, but like all of his kind of signature works. I think when I saw The Lighthouse, the thing that struck me the most about that movie was how original it was. Mm. Like I was just kind of like, I think that there's so much value in how like just special and strange that movie is. Even like yeah. the first time I saw it, I was like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to take from this movie. And like, I don't even mind because that was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a trip. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like if I could think on this question a little bit more, I feel like I'd come up with some other good ones. All of like the, in a, at Boulder, they show us a lot of like experimental stuff, and there's been a couple of those that have been really wild. My favorite, like, kind of like 
really like experimental, no narrative at all. I think it's called Free Radicals by Len Lai. Um, and basically it's just, it's on film and it's just black leader. And uh, he just scratches into the, into the black leader. Um, so like, it kind of looks like lightning, just the way it runs. And I just, I don't know, watching it, it just always stuck with me. This is just being very interesting and like all the scratching stuff on film I just think is really cool so that's one of my favorites as well that is cool um yeah <laughs> is that our last bingo question or do that's you the last bingo question good because I feel like it it transitions really well because I think Eileen was an incredibly original book yeah I agree <laughs> let's, <laughs> that is yeah let's get into it okay <laughs> So this or this month, I guess we're trying to stay on a regimen of maybe one book a month around. It probably won't work out that nicely always, but uh, this month we read Eileen. Um, I don't know the publishing year, uh, but it's by Sagan. I think it came out in 2015. Gotcha. By Otessa Moshfei, I think is how you say her name. But a uh, weird book. Weird, weird book. Weird. So weird. <laughs> Do you want to tackle the synopsis? I'm not exactly sure what to say for it. Sure. So Eileen is this 24-year-old woman living in this really small town, and she has kind of been made to be the caretaker of her abusive alcoholic father um, after her mom passes away. And it was almost like she had this kind of chance to go out and start her own life. She went to college and everything and then had to go back to her home when her mom got really sick and just got kind of trapped there. And consequently, she's very bitter, very um, kind of depressed, angry, and obsessive with uh, the more interesting parts of her life. Um, I would say she's becoming a little bit of an alcoholic herself when you get introduced to her and the story takes place over about a week in Eileen's life where everything finally is starting to shift for her, whether it be for better or for worse. <laughs> a very pivotal week in her life. Yes. <laughs> one could say. Um, the thing that struck me most about this book was the form of it. It was the way it was written was so so interesting. Yeah, I the like choice to have it narrated by future Eileen, I thought was genius. The way that she's like looking back on this one week in her life that's like 50 years ago now. Oh my god, I love that. I yeah. think that's the best possible way it could have been narrated. I agree. And um I I honestly think that's what makes it kind of not be hopeless <laughs> like that added kind of like this element of like things get better because yeah. this book is very very bleak yes <laughs> there's incredibly bleak there's a lot of messed up stuff yeah going on. <laughs> but Super, uh like short and fast but yeah very few happy moments if any yeah. honestly <laughs> yeah for real um and like the, the the moments that could be described as happy are kind of just not necessarily objectively happy. It's kind of just through this lens that she's presenting, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but 
it's so the like the perspective of being from her in the future kind mm-hmm. of keeps it from being just too weird i think because she <laughs> makes comments on her flaws right yeah yeah like the judgment that she holds for this like former version of herself is is kind of grounding yeah yeah i agree for sure <laughs> um and along with that kind of like the the descriptions of like just her thoughts cuz a lot of a lot of the book is told through kind of her narrating her events the mm-hmm. events of this week but mm-hmm. most of the actual content lies in descriptions mm-hmm. of her life before and not not after as much just like references yeah. to yeah. after um mm-hmm. just like it, it's it's the sense of like her life continuing after this and being told from a future perspective is always there but it's never the focus she never like goes into details about like what happens after but a lot of this is kind of just talking about the events leading up Mm -hmm. uh, like her life up to that point so it's kind of interesting that it's being told from the far future about a specific event but recalling um, the past before that event. And it seemed like in that, a lot of it was the voice, or maybe not the voice, but like kind of from the perspective of her in the, in like at 24. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And it, it almost makes you wonder throughout the book, like, how accurate what's being told is because there are quite a few reminders that Eileen gives you that she might not remember it all perfectly because it happened 50 years ago. So it's kind of fun to know that maybe this isn't a perfect memory, but it's what was of extreme importance to Eileen in her perspective, which is cool to think about. Like these, the events that she recalls of this week are the ones that are have stuck with her the most and some of the events are so like mundane and just yeah. that it's just kind of like why is that what sticks out to you still even 50 years later and you just I don't know the way that you get to kind of read between the lines like that throughout the book about who Eileen like really is now now as she's telling you the story I think makes it it just adds another level of like getting to kind of dissect her as a character um that I think is really fun I yeah I agree for sure. Um, it seems that like through the first part of it, like it's nothing is actually happening at all. It's just her talking about her situation. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's you're kind of like drawn into that and just living with it and like waiting for things to happen mm-hmm. because she references that like. I'm leaving this town. I'm going to leave this town, whatever, like get me out of here. And then (laughs) like saying like, I'm leaving the town this week, even like from the future. And then like, it it just seems that nothing leads up to that until it does. And then it goes goes crazy. (laughs) I know. I totally agree. Like she talks so much about how she's about to leave at the beginning of the book. Like it's like every page she's like, little did I know that would be my last Sunday spent in that town or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so 
for the, for a while, I really got the sense that it was like she was going to leave at the beginning of the book, and then the rest of the book would be about her life post leaving. And then you're you're just still reading about that week, like halfway through. <laughs> and that's when it finally occurred to me, like, oh, that is not what this book is about. <laughs> like, I would be in this town for the entire book. And it's kind of like hopeless at that point. I feel like that adds to the whole thing of like, get like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it helps you understand her better because you're like, come on, Eileen, let's like freaking leave already, which is exactly how she was feeling too. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, it's cool. You get to feel that like angst with her. I agree. And uh, one thing I wanted to point out is just like, she's like weirdly honest with herself. Yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> Very true. And it's to the point of being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, like it's stuff that, um, like the things she admits about herself is, I feel like a lot of things that are like in the same general area of things that like, I don't know, would you, you might would admit to yourself, yeah. but like you wouldn't say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And it she, made it like really uncomfortable to read, but at the same time, it's kind of like I, I, at some of these things, I kind of get where she's coming from. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like an incredible. It's like an extreme version of like weird thoughts that probably everybody has. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Eileen has just like taken it to the max. Like that has just consumed her entire life. And yeah, she's very willing to like share that with you. <laughs> It's just weird. <laughs> so I feel like because of that, this book comes off as off-putting yeah. until you kind of get with the rhythm of this is how it is. Yeah. Because by the end of it, I was invested, but like Same. a lot of the time starting to read it, <laughs> I was just kind of like, what is going on here? <laughs> it was just like such an intricate character study. Mm-hmm. Like it it really just built up so well, like the different layers that Eileen's got going on that, that lead her to what ultimately happens at the end. So I, I don't know, like it really had a great payoff. Like it was yeah. so hard to read for a long time where it's just like, you are so unlikable and I hate being in your head <laughs> like this. And like, it, this is, I'm uncomfortable and I don't yeah. even know where this is going. But then when you finally see where it's going, it, it almost just like falls into place. And it's like, if th- those events that unfold had happened without me, like having that understanding of Eileen, it almost would have been like unbelievable, mm. you know? But it's like, because I feel like I know Eileen so well at this point, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I really understand why you made these choices. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, very true. I hadn't really thought of it kind of like from that angle. Yeah. Um, so getting into what happens. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, I guess this would be a spoiler warning just because I feel yeah, like the best way to experience this book yeah. would be to go through the whole journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if you, if you know what happens at the end and then you start reading it, you're going to get very impatient and not yeah. get it. Yes. Um, yeah, unless you have just no interest in reading this book. Mm-hmm. Just stick around. Yeah. Um, so essentially, things start to happen when uh, so Eileen works in this prison for juveniles. Yeah. Adolescents, I guess. Um, and a new lady comes in to work, 
and to like teach there, I guess. And uh, she changes everything. <laughs> yes, good old Rebecca. Um, so basically, Eileen, and uh, correct me if you got something else different out of this, but uh, she basically kind of sees Rebecca as this ideal of, uh, in a way, everything she wants to be, but also just everything that's not what she doesn't want to be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I think that Eileen's obsession with Rebecca is 100% because that's exactly what she wants to be and won't let herself be. Mm-hmm. Like, Eileen's whole thing is that she's so obsessive, but she denies herself any sort of like relief from her obsessions, I guess. Like, she's so obsessed with her appearance. And so, because of that, she denies herself ever looking good. Like, she won't let herself wear flattering clothes. She only wears clothes that don't fit her. She won't wear any makeup. She hardly showers, stuff like that. Because it's like, she's so obsessed with the thing. And so she just won't let herself have it. Like, it's so weird. She has so much inner turmoil around those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And then she meets Rebecca, who just has those things effortlessly. Like, the obsession is totally not there. And it's just like that the outcome almost yeah that yeah that's a good way to put it yeah <laughs> when rebecca gets embroiled in uh a little bit of business dealing with one of the kids at the prison mm-hmm. <laughs> eileen gets roped into it and uh i feel like a lot of kind of the suspense around it, I guess, is just based on when describing Rebecca, it's like the future version, I guess, like when yeah. when it kind of takes on that little self-referential thing of like, yeah, this is from the future me. She says things about Rebecca that are like negative. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's obsessed with her in the story time frame yeah um so that kind of makes you wonder like what what what's so bad like what happens and what's like why is uh, what causes this like animosity i guess and i will say though like that line when rebecca has eileen over and she's claiming it's her house and it's pretty clearly not like there's obviously something fishy going on, but mm-hmm. still the, the one line where she's like, this is not my house. This is the Polk house. And Rita's tied up in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's awesome. Reading that whole like Christmas Eve, like section. Yeah. Is just incredible. <laughs> that oh was, God, that was made so reading fun. this book worth it. Just cause it was yeah. like, it was like kind of the suspense of, it felt like a movie is when yeah it was awesome that's like the sense yeah, that of whole yeah thing so good so something just occurred to me as we were just talking about rebecca where like what i said earlier about eileen is that her doing what she ultimately did with rebecca wouldn't have made sense to me if we didn't get to see her character develop so much you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like really get inside her head like that and then when we were talking about rebecca it really occurred to me that we don't get to know Rebecca at all. We have like no insight into her thoughts. She's only in the last part of the book. We only see her from Eileen's obsessive 
perspective. Mm-hmm. And yet it's so, it made so much sense to me that she had Rita Polk tied up in the basement. It's <laughs> like, I don't need to know anything else about this lady. That checks out to me. Yeah. I don't really know why. Like, that's kind of a weird, like, juxtaposition between those two characters. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, there is, I just, um, it seems that, like, the whole like essence of Rebecca is that she's rich and she has a God complex. Yeah. She's, I I guess, I guess privileged instead of rich is the word I'm looking for. Like extreme privilege to the point where she's like above the law. She thinks that she is the law. Yeah. That's why she's like, I'm the one that's got to bring justice upon Rita Polk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, there's one, there's like this one quote I underlined. I'm going to, I just thought, I, I thought that it was kind of funny how when things turned bad, she just dipped as well. Yeah, I agree. She just, yeah, refuses to face consequences. I thought that was interesting because as like the the switch kind of shifted when uh mrs polk told eileen her whole kind of like confession and all of that while rebecca wasn't even there yeah true and so she kind of lost that sense of that she wanted of i'm bringing like this justice and i'm doing this and i'm doing what the law couldn't Right. And it seems that like from that on, from then on, she like kind of dropped the facade of like, we're in this together. We're like, yeah, you're my side, you're my partner. We're doing that this. That is a great point. Yeah. As soon as she became like almost the sidekick character, she was like, never mind about all this somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I can't do it my way, then I don't want it done at all. And uh, I think that kind of highlights kind of like the fakeness of it all. But at the same time, that's kind of very sad because Eileen is obsessive about the fact that everything is so dull and finally there's someone that is there for me and understands me Mm -hmm. and uh, especially because even though Eileen makes it clear that she moved on from this rough point in her life where her thoughts were like this you Mm -hmm. never see that in the book so Yeah, yeah you don't so that's also like another reason why I feel the kind of perspective of it is necessary to keep it from being hopeless and too bleak, even though it is very I agree. Bleak. Like, yeah, the entire book, you just have this sense of like, no matter what happens to Eileen or what Eileen does, time goes on. Like this she is the past and it clearly doesn't matter to her all that much anymore. Like, yeah, <laughs> and I think that's life. That's an I think that's an important message to take from it, honestly. Is that because especially with the say again, sorry. I think yeah, the message is just like times change. Like nothing is permanent, not even this this incredibly bizarre life that she's been trapped in for years. Yeah, and I think like that's important just from like also the standpoint of her being twenty-four. Like I'm almost 20 and right. I feel like I've have things going on maybe for like at yeah. least like the last three or four years or so. Yeah. And it's like, especially going like in college and stuff is a time that I know at least a lot of young people and myself included is that like, that's kind of the point where your life starts to take off, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so if it doesn't, that could be a little disheartening. And yeah. 
especially because she did go to college and then still got like sucked back into this. Like, I can't even imagine having that freedom and then it being taken from you. Yeah, that's true. And I, a a bit of that kind of goes to the time period. Um, Like I'm pretty sure this is set in the sixties. Yeah. But so it, it would be a little different, I think today, but I think that that theme of being like, I shouldn't be here anymore. I've outgrown this. This is not what my life should be. Yeah. I think that hits all the harder. <laughs> I agree. I that found is, the, I think a universal feeling. Everybody mm. feels that at some point. Gotcha. I found the quote I was looking for earlier. Did she honestly think she had the power to atone for someone else's sins that she could exact justice with her wit, her superior thinking? People born of privilege are sometimes thus confused. <laughs> that just, completely sums her up. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I, I read that and I was like, well, th- there you go. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, such an interesting thing. And like the way that Eileen becomes so like convinced that they are similar people, I thought was really interesting. Like mm-hmm. I really understood Eileen's obsession with her and wanting to have the things that Rebecca has that she doesn't get to have. But the way that she constantly was like, Rebecca and I are the same over the smallest things. I thought that that was kind of unique. I was like, it just really showed Eileen's desperation to have a friend. Like even within all of her bleak mindsets and obsessions and stuff really at, at, in her heart, she really just wanted to be Rebecca's friend and she was willing to take so many leaps to convince herself that that could happen. Like over the weirdest things, like when she first meets Rebecca, she's like, both of us are flat chested. We are the same. We're going to be best friends. (laughs) I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) So funny. We are the same. Yeah. (laughs) I, I kind of took that. I don't know if it's that, not that she didn't believe it. Yeah. It was kind of like, just drawing thing, like drawing, like picking at just yeah, thing. yeah. It's like it was almost her like choosing to recognize like mm-hmm. potential positives and like having this hope for something that's healthy. Like a friendship with somebody is a healthy thing that she yeah. wants to have for herself. And I was like, that was like almost the first moment that really made me be like, oh, Eileen, yeah. <laughs> Tough. Like the whole time reading that is just. It's just a bummer. <laughs> everything going on, everything with the dad and the sister and the families. Yeah. But it was so cool that Eileen was so unlikable the whole time. Like it it wasn't really a sob story, even though it was. Like mm-hmm. Eileen's life genuinely is sad. She really has the right to be as upset about it as she is. Mm-hmm. You're not pitying her the entire time because she makes it so hard for you because she's so unpleasant. I agree. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Even she's just, she just makes it hard on herself as well. No, just in her head, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. It, it really is <laughs> a lot. Disturbing, but. Uh, and like, it's not even like the things that she does to make her unlikable are just the the weirder things that she thinks and stuff. She's honestly like kind of like creepy and, and rude and she's mm-hmm. things and stuff like that. Like there's yeah. so many levels to the problems that she's causing herself and like the discomfort it brings you as a reader. I, it yeah. was so great. She's <laughs> just like so mean. Fun. She's like a mean person too. Yeah, she's mean. She's incredibly judgmental and like fat shaming of everyone around her. 
but you're just kind of like, damn, dude. <laughs> and, but, <laughs> uh, and I feel like I feel like it, it, you can kind of like see where that comes from, though, too. Which Absolutely, is like the, yeah. the most interesting part of it is yeah, that like, it's all very justified. It's like detestable but understandable, I guess. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Just very it interesting. It, it makes a complex read. It hits so many like nuances in such a short amount of time too, which I really respect and like value a lot. I love it when a short book can really become as complex as this one is. Mm. Oh, I, I can't think of anything else I have to say. Yeah, I think I think we kind of covered everything that we <laughs> want to talk about. But um, overall, I think I would give it four stars. Um, I thought it was just incredibly well written and executed. And I definitely would recommend it to anybody who loves like a character study type of book. If you're mm. a plot driven type of person, I don't think I would recommend it because I think it would just be boring. If like, mm-hmm. that's what you're looking for. It, it, there's not much plot until like the very last part of the book. Um, and I really want to read more from this author. Cause I've kind of heard that this is what she does. She just takes like a bizarre idea mm-hmm. and runs with it. And just really like explores every depth of it that she possibly can. And I, I've never read from her before, but I loved it. Like I loved yeah. it. So interesting. There's actually another one of her books, <laughs> "My Year of Rest and Relaxation." Yeah, that, is, that cover. Yeah, I've heard great things about it, and that's that's exactly what I was talking about. Where she just takes a super strange concept and really just dives into it. Like mm. the plot of that book is this woman who just decides to hibernate from the world for an entire year she trains herself to sleep like 12 hours a night and all activities she does in between are just like in solitude very relaxing for a whole year like while the world just spins by so that's a a bizarre idea i would love to read that book interesting i really don't know how to go about reading this book (laughs) i think i think i'm going to give it a three out of five nice but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many people I'd re- like who I would recommend this to. Mm-hmm. Check it out if you want to just read more because it's short. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like yeah. at least like with me with a lot of things is just like based on like the time commitment and just being reading whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like so, like anything short enough, like I would check out just to see w- what's up. Um, yeah, but I. I, I th- oh, it's go ahead. definitely like very interesting, and I think you'll get a good amount out of reading this. Yeah. And also as as far as like just being able to like kind of think more about yourself and your habits. Yeah. As well as it's just very like different and unique. So it's like a unique style to kind of like widen your lens of like this is Yeah, I totally the ways agree. that you can It's so books. like any book that's like as introspective as Eileen is I totally agree, like encourages you to be more introspective about your life too. Just while you're reading somebody else think that way about themselves, you're kind of, you're kind of paralleling how you think about yourself too. Um, and, and yeah, it really is just such a, a perspective that you're not really going to get in like a ton of other places. Like Anywhere I've else, never yeah. read the, into the mind of a woman like Eileen before. Like that was super unique. Um, yeah. So I think that's about all we have for that. Um, if you end up reading Eileen, please tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Because yeah. this is just a fun one to just hear people's opinions on. 
it really is. So I was actually kind of something, a YouTube video popped up in my feed today about a book and I watched it and I really want to read that next. Okay. Uh, I think it's called Kafka on the Beach. Okay. By uh, Haruki Murakami. I've never read Murakami, but I really want to. Um, yeah, me too. Because, oh, Kafka on the Shore, I think. Okay. Yeah, so I read, so <laughs> I've read one of the two Murakamis that are <laughs> chilling, writing books and stuff that are like pretty well known. Yeah. And I feel like I really want to read Haruki Murakami just because just from what I understand of how he writes is it's kind of like very different sides of like similar mindsets, I guess. Because Ryu Murakami is just a goon. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But uh, yeah, so I was, it's, um, I just seen, I like looked into it. I saw this video and I looked into it and I've just seen very good things. Okay, awesome. I've never heard of it before. So I'm very, yeah, I'm very intrigued and I love Kafka too. So let's set up a timetable for that at some point. Uh, So faced with the decision of what to do for next week. Mm -hmm. I think the last day of the month is on a Wednesday. So it's really like arbitrary of when to do the wrap up. And so next week I want to try out something new and I want, I'm going to call it challenge week. Um, And so basically my idea is that we each recommend each other movies that one of us has seen, like movies that we've seen, but the other person hasn't. Um, And the other person watches it and we watch their movie. Right. So it's like, um, but not the one that we recommend. And I feel like that could be an interesting dis- interesting discussion of like being fresh in one person's head as a first watch mm-hmm. and being not as fresh, but with kind of like a love for it, I guess. Or maybe okay. it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be like one that you're, is like one of your favorites, right? but uh, kind of just something that you like know enough about and like understand well enough. Okay. At least like for me, just because I like to rewatch things that I like, it'll probably be I'll like I'll probably recommend ones that I've seen twice or more just because I feel like I don't really know fully what my thoughts are on something until I've seen it twice. Okay. Um, So I think so what I want to do is try this out next week. And if it's fun, we can have challenge month in August in which we do that every week. And kind of build up a little, have a more summative thing on it. Sure. Sounds great. So I think it's definitely something I want to try out, at least for a week, just to see how it goes. Okay. Big bright letters, challenge week. I don't know. (laughs) I just think it could be like a fun kind of like event. Okay. Works out, we can make a big event for challenge month because all I know is that August is going to be my last month without classes. Mm-hmm. And my job will be still remote, so it won't be as big of a time commitment. Okay. Um, so I just kind of want to give it a go. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you're on, if you if you want to watch two movies this next yeah, week, cool. Okay, so I kind of thought about this, and I have two that I really want you to watch, and just so I can just hear your opinions on them. Okay. Um. The first one is one that I mentioned earlier in like one of my short little lists. Uh, it's called Under the Silver Lake. Okay. Uh, it came out a couple of years ago and it's free on Prime. 
Um, or I mean, not free, but it's on Prime. And that is also a very weird movie, pretty divisive, but I thought it was great. Okay. So I really want to hear what you have to say on that. And the other is one that I think you'll like, but I just really want you to watch. Uh, um, it's called The Apartment. Okay. But that's Billy Wilder starring Jack Lemmon from 1960. And that's one of my top like 20 or something. Nice. It's up there. It's one of my favorites for sure. <laughs> All right. I'm excited to check those out. Yeah. And those are both on Prime. Okay. Perfect. Um, okay. I want to recommend you two spookier movies because I know that that's a category that you don't watch all that much. That's probably the only category of movies that I've seen more movies in than you have. (laughs) But that's that's what I'm going to challenge you with this week. So first pick that I've been thinking about is um, Silence of the Lambs. Since you said on our guest episode that you've never seen that one before. And that is such a, a classic. Whether or not you like to get scared by the movies you watch. It's not necessarily a horror. It's yeah. more a thriller. But, um, That's what I, I think, I've heard, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I think Silence of the Lambs is a scarier movie that kind of unites horror fans and non-horror fans alike because it's just a, it's just a good movie. Like, gotcha. Jeffrey, I think. So I'm excited for you to check that one out. And then my other one I just thought of earlier in this episode, <laughs> but The Shining. The Shining, okay. The Shining is in... My top five favorite movies of all time. It's definitely my most rewatched movie ever, too. Um, favorite horror ever. Anna, you like Stanley Kubrick, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> he's not like one of my, I mean, he's not one of my favorites, but you can't just dislike Stanley Kubrick, you know? Like, it's just not done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Is I that... think an absolute must watch. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I've actually been meaning to watch both of those for quite a while. Um, is The Shining still on Netflix? I knew it was for a time. I can check right now. Um, because I was planning on watching it when it was, but I feel like it might have gotten taken off before yeah, I did. It's been a while. But that'll be all right. I'll find a way to watch it. I'm sure that that's one that you could check out from the library. So. Oh yeah, the library is doing stuff again. Yeah. I haven't gotten anything from the library yet. <laughs> I just yeah, no, to I don't on, on Netflix. Streaming stuff. Say again, sorry. It's I not on Netflix. Gotcha. I didn't know that the Silence of the Lambs was on Netflix. That was yeah. that'll be nice. I'll probably watch that sooner. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited for challenge week. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on both of them. <laughs> Especially The Shining, just because it's one of my favorite movies ever. Like I Gotcha. Yeah, um I and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the two <laughs> that I yeah. sent your way. That's that's where I think this can be fun is that like, I know that when we are looking for things to watch, like for the, for the show, it's things that we don't really know about. Yeah. So I think it's fun to kind of, we throw around a lot of recommendations now it's time to. Yeah. So yeah, we'll give that a go and it'll be a fun time. I can't wait. Um, yeah. So that's, about it do you have an album to share yes the album i want to recommend this week goes with the theme of eileen but also fun summertime jam of course (laughs) (laughs) um yeah just thinking about like confident angry evil women doing evil things (laughs) 
I'm going to recommend an album by the band Twin Temple. And the album is called Twin Temple Bring You Their Signature Sound, dot, 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 satanic doo-wop. Hmm. Very <laughs> nice. I never heard of that. It's very fun. That sounds I fun, though. I love it. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like very classic, like, doo-wop style music, but about women being evil. Gotcha. <laughs> Actually, I listened to that one playlist you made. Um, yeah. Yeah, I there's a couple of their songs on there. <laughs> I remember there's a couple songs that I was like, hmm. yeah, um, very unique band. Mine is kind of a summer thing. I tried to go with that theme, but uh, it might be a little different. Okay. It's um, by Broncho, one of my favorite bands, and also one of the bands that I'm kind of feel a little possessive of, <laughs> like my my band, even though. I want to see them be successful too, like reach an even bigger audience because yeah. they're yeah. very underrated. They're very good for, but uh, their album Double Vanity. Okay. Um, and even though I probably wouldn't say it's their best album, I would say that it's kind of their only album in their discography that's uh, kind of like its own thing. Like you, it's they, they did they just when they're making this, they're like, let's go in a different direction. Okay. And uh, I think it definitely works, even though I prefer some of the, probably like overall a lot of their other, like some of their other stuff, but yeah. like this one, when the mood is right, like this, this is like their most kind of like cohesive, like their album, like the whole sound is like oh. similar throughout the album. And uh, when the mood for this album hits, this is top tier, but uh, so it's double vanity. Awesome. Can't wait to check it out. Yeah. Um, so that's about all we have for this week. Thank you for listening to anyone listening. And uh, please join us next week for our inaugural challenge week. It'll be a blast. Um, So thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you. And uh, bye now.